Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. I want to say thank you. Lord, we give you praise. We thank you for what you are doing. We thank you for what you will do. We bless your name for your mercies and your love. Lord, we say that you may be glorified in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray as we fellowship together, you will honor your word again. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Let's have our seat. God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Just a couple of um, um, uh, things that we made, you know, just to ask the the interactive session later on would be, you know, um, it's just to, I think the summary is just to know how we can serve you better as a church. It's not the way you think it is. <laughs> but don't worry, when we get there, we would, it's going to be quite interesting and I believe informative. So, um, the we it's going to be based on scriptures and we're just going to just guide you through as you as you do that so please you know um the white you have your smartphone is that we would be collating the um the results automatically on as you put the record whatever you score on it the system collects it and just so that at the end of the day we'll have a chart that tells us part of efficiencies or part of you know where we need to do better. Um, so God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. One other thing is that there is a vision about the anniversary and God has said about doing everything you can to invite someone. And God also said that make sure everyone has a contribution towards the anniversary. For those who may not know, we do not tax people for anniversary. We do not give out the envelopes. So if you don't give, nobody would know you didn't give or you gave. So you get what I'm trying to say. The vision was quite interesting when God says that, I know that they will not ask you, but it is your responsibility as he desires that you give. So. Maybe if we are probably thinking that, oh, they will tell me I should bring 50 pounds for anniversary, you will hear that announcement. So, but whatever you want to give, no matter how little it is, you can give it. So, um, so God will bless us in the name of Jesus. I just wanted to just um, let us know. So that was the vision about, um, about the anniversary. Hallelujah. So we are looking at a topic this morning, which is walking in love. Walking in love. But please, um, just God help us as you just follow me as we as we look at this together. I want you to first of all, as we come to when we go to Hebrews chapter six. Okay, this one, I have to help us out. Oh, Hebrews 
chapter 6, um, verse 1. The Bible says, Let us therefore move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from the hearts that lead to death and faith in God. So what the Bible is saying is that the very elementary teachings of the Christendom is understanding repentance. That is the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And understanding the way by which you reconcile yourself to that. Why this is referred to as the elementary teachings, it is because anything else you would learn in Christian in Christendom, or your growth, or whatever it is, will be laid on this foundation. That's why even the scripture calls it the foundation. So when you have a house that has no foundation, you can spend millions to build it, it would come down. So that is why you know the repair and this when the Bible says elementary teachings, when you go to when I tell you spell a car, you will just go C A R. And the reason you can spell that is because you have been taught ABC. Does that make sense? You've been taught ABC, you've been taught the phonics and things like that. But you are so used to the phonics that when someone tells you car, you don't need to say car, car. And you, because it's, it's just part of you. But that is what you are relying on. It may not look at it, you may not look at, it may not appear to you now that, ah, you know, ABC, I know how Whatever you are going to learn is based on that. The day you would know that you would need it is when somebody tells you to spell hippopotamus or... Sorry, I don't know. Is that how you call it here? Yes. <laughs> 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 I see some of us. We that came from hippopotamus, that's what we yeah, call it. Yeah, it's right. Okay. So when somebody says you should spell it, you begin to see. At, I know some of us are very good, but for some of us who are still blessed, God relying on God's blessings to spell certain things, what you will do, you'll be like, What are you doing? You are going back to the elementary level to be able to answer that. So that also means that whatever way you would you would be you would grow in Christendom, even though you think what you're doing is advanced, the thing that would help you to know how to react is the elementary teachings. So imagine that if I was I don't understand um, phonics or things like that. You will discover that when they say hippopotamus, I'll be like, ah. Now, when I now spell it wrong, you know that the problem is that my, my, my understanding of the phonics is not, then you will say that, then when you want to spell it to me, you would say, 
Paul Basically, what you're saying to me is, listen to the sound and write it. So I am taking you, although you have a, a PhD certificate in your hands, I am still taking you back to the elementary level to be able to answer it. Does that make sense? So what I'm trying to say is that wherever you are, if you are going to grow in Christendom, as you grow, if you go from jealousy to PhD, and you become an associate professor, your foundation of how you will navigate your journey is still on this foundation. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I am saying that I will come back to that. I just wanted to lay that out as we look at this. Now, one of the things when God gives laws or commandments, we, 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 we spoke about a couple of these last week also in the Bible study, that when God gives laws, see, the problem, the, the thing that the laws of God came to do is to come to show, okay, like for example, if you have a whole stadium filled with people, and you have somebody there who is on a wheelchair, you will never know who is crippled until you say everybody should stand up. That is when it will be clear that somebody has a problem. So when God introduced the laws, humanity was thinking they were okay until when the laws were introduced. Then what the Lord did was to expose that you are actually crippled. Then the person that finds himself on a wheelchair will be saying, please, can you help me to stand up? Because it is now obvious that... But because everybody was sitting down, it was assumed that everybody's okay. Does that make sense? So humanity was struggling to do right. But nobody knew. So when God introduced the laws, you now discovered that... Wait a minute, there's a problem here. You get what I'm saying? Have you ever seen people who, who pretend that they are tall? You know, they like, ah, I, I. When you say, okay, come and press this thing. Then, then that's when you begin to see that, ah, yes, I, I'm still tall anyway. No, you are not, because when they put, oh, if you are too tall, I say, no, I'm not that tall like this. I say, so yeah, come and walk through this place. Then you begin to do like this, then you discover that, ah, wait a minute, I am tall. Does that make sense? So let's look at that in, in Romans chapter. Let's go on, please. He said, well, in Romans chapter 7, from verse 7 to 8, he said, well, then, am I, am I suggesting that the, law of, that the law of God is sinful? Of course not. In fact, it is the law that showed me my sin. He said, I would never have known that coveting is wrong if the law had not said you should not covet. But sin used this, um, used this to arouse all kinds of conventional desire in, within me. And if there, is, if there is no law, no sin, would, uh, will, uh, then sin will have no power. Let's read on, please. Or did I? Okay. Just going down to that scripture, 
down, down he said, so the trouble is not with the law. People say that, ah, you know, if God did not, why would, why would God tell me not to do certain things? The problem is not the law. The problem is you and me. Because what the law has just shown us is that there is a problem. Is that if somebody has a particular um, issue and goes for an X-ray and say, no, that X-ray is wrong. No, the X-ray, the X-ray just showed you what your problem was. You know, in Nigeria, you have to to calculate. As you take a picture, they said, um, I'm trying to put it in English. It is how you look. I know Photoshop has now turned out to, um, but in the days where photo was still photo, when the way you stand is the way you see yourself. So the Bible is saying, it said, it said, I do not really understand myself for what, for what, uh, for I want to do what is right, but I do not do it. Instead, I do what I hate. He said, if I do not do, sorry, but, but if I know what I am doing is wrong, this shows me that I agree that the law is good. So, uh, no, let's just one more thing. That's the same size. He said, he said, he now went on, he, he, he was, he, he just went on and began to talk about, about the, the, the struggle to do what is good. But when you now go on, he said, just go, because of our time, um, he said, said, but if I do not, if I, if I do what I do not want to do, I am not really the one doing the wrong. It is the sin, it is sin living in me that does it. He said, I have discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I, I love the law of God with all my heart. Basically, what Paul is essentially saying is that what the law of God did for him is to expose that you may be you you have a problem. So the so when you understand that you'll be able to understand why Jesus came. A man that still thinks that he doesn't need Jesus is because he has not moved close to the law. By the time you move close to the law, you will discover that there's a problem. Does that make sense? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I am saying all of that to come to a point. We are talking about Walking in love. And for us to know that love, as far as scripture is concerned, it is not an idea, it is a commandment. So when you see Jesus talking in John chapter, um, John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, he said, he said, I, he said a new command I give you, that you should love one another. As I have loved you. He said, you must love one another. Now, the acceptance to say that doesn't, that is easy, is because the law has not gotten close to you. By the time you the law gets close to you, you understand what Jesus is saying. 
you would understand what Jesus is saying. You understand what Jesus is saying, you know, and and as we as we as we see, okay, you know, the definition of love, the problem is that the definition of love that we see in the Bible, it is not the one that comes to mind. So Jesus had to redefine what he was saying, because when somebody says that, if I say that, you know. How do you know that you all love, we, we, we all love one another? Say, ah, you know, ah, nobody offends me. Nobody, everybody, everybody loves one another and things like that. And Jesus was saying, that kind of love, you don't need the Holy Spirit. You don't need the help of the Holy Spirit to do that kind of love. That is when we went to go to, please go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. It's uh, just 32 to 35. Next one, please. Luke chapter 6 35. The Bible says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners. So that means that people that don't know Jesus can do that. Like, ah, you know, how do you know that you don't know? Ah, that person, he just does this, this like that. No, love means that, oh, you have to love me back. The Bible says that kind of definition of love, you don't need the Holy Spirit. That one, any good person can do it. And this is the challenge at times that when people are talking about love within a community or things like that, they, they are shouting love, but they, and some of them are quoting scriptures, but actually, <laughs> the interpretation of what they are saying is contrary to what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, no, the kind of love that Okay, because you respect me, because you're okay with me, and things like that, then I love you. The day that we fall out, then that means that, ah, you don't love me. The Bible says that that kind of love is the love that people who don't know Jesus, they do. So he says, he says, he says, if you, if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. If you lend, if you lend those who, from whom you expect repayment, and what, what credit is that? Even sinners do that. Let's read on it. He said, but if you love your enemies and do good to them, he said, and lend them without expecting anything back, then your reward is great. And you will be, you, you will be the children of the most high. What he's saying is that that is the one that you need help of the Holy Spirit to achieve. The difference between you and an unbeliever is the Holy Spirit. So he's saying that that, that kind of definition. is quite um, important. The, see, it is this definition that the apostles had. See, the apostles saw Jesus heal the dead. Jesus sent them out. You will never see anywhere where the apostles said, ah, oh, God, increase our faith. But then Jesus said, 
when your brother do this, seven times they say, ah, God, <laughs> we need faith. If you are, if your, if our own teaching of faith is about, um, you know, healing the disturbing our demons, the apostles never had some faith when it comes to that issue. Let's go to Luke chapter seventeen. So he says, so what you said that if your brother or sister sins against you and book and, and you book them, if they repent and forgive them. If they sin against you seven times in a day and seven, seven times come back to say, I repent, you must forgive them. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. What was Jesus doing? Exposing that the, te- the, te- the definition of love that I'm talking to you you cannot just say, God cannot just say, love for another. You say, yes. And the, the, the fact that you all say yes means that you don't understand. <laughs> or the definition of what I think in my heart is what Jesus said, sinners can do that one. For the very first time, the apostles said, God, increase our faith. It became a prayer point. They saw their weakness as an individual. Does this make sense? That's why at times I do hand when in any gathering, God makes a declaration. God said, Pray for a mission. I had a people praying. Go it all. Ah, he feels. If this one is not because you, we don't understand why he, he released it as an altar of prayer. Because the apostles understood that and their response was God increased my faith. These are the men that saw Jesus raise the dead, cast out demons, and he sent them out to go and, to go and heal the sick. They never turned back and said, Jesus, please, yeah, our faith is too slow. But when the definition of love came to, came to question, they saw that they needed help. Why? Because love is a commandment. It is not an idea. It's not a suggestion by God. And Jesus now said to them, in reply, don't worry, you don't need all this big faith. So someone like, ah, oh, maybe I need, I need huge faith to be able to do that. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. He said, if you have a faith, faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry, uh, mulberry tree, be rooted and planted, and it will be. So that means, God help us, we'll probably get there. But that means that when it comes to hot, you can talk to yourself. You can speak to your heart. That's why Jesus said that you would say to that tree, 
be rooted out. Are we together? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, there are, it helps us as human beings to come to certain conclusion that Jesus came to. Luke chapter 17. I have tried to put the different translations here. I hope it helps us. Verse 1. Jesus said to his disciples that that Things that cause people to stumble. Please use, look at the word you stumble. Are bound to come. That means that it is if you go and live under the stone. Jesus said it is a guarantee. Look at what the Amplified called it. Sorry, the, the, King, uh, the King James Version. He says, he said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offense should come. Uh, should, uh, it, is, it is impossible that no offense should come, but woe to him through which became. We are not talking about who offended me. The Bible is saying when an offense comes, it becomes a stumbling block for me. At times, people think the issue is the other person. But the Bible says, these things will come. Oh, maybe I need to find a different environment that is not... The Bible says, the problem is that you have not come to a conclusion that scriptures have come to a conclusion of. That's one of the issues. Because on earth, you'll be, be running from one friend to another, one person to another. You say, ah, hey, you will like this. Like, you will just, you just kill yourself. You say, ah, I know this word. Oh, I'd rather be on my own. <laughs> then you'll be complaining about boredom. <laughs> complaining about loneliness. The problem is that you have not come to the conclusion of what Jesus has come to. So Jesus came to a conclusion that, excuse me, offense will come. <laughs> the word here says, it is impossible. But he now said that, you know, these things are stumbling block. He said, he said things that cause people to stumble. We are still coming to the offender, but we are talking about offense itself. We are talking about offense itself. You will see now why the disciples say to God, Ah, sir, <laughs> it is my prayer in November. You, you, you need to do something. Would they not? Ah, why the disciples not say, Hey, but that person, because when the Lord gets close to you, he will expose your own weakness. As well. <coughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Now, this, that's why Jesus was saying, because it is a stumbling block. 
Jesus now said in Matthew, Jesus said that Jesus said that if you bring an offering before God, and and you suddenly remember that a friend has something against you, please note that the friend is not here on the altar to pray with you. We have we have we have we have imbibed a teaching in the body of Christ. I say, Lord, me, I don't need to hold hands and pray because since our mind is not together, even if you stand on your own as an individual, there is no holding of hands here. See, the devil has used those things to exploit churches. Because when they should pray, say, ah, no. We, we, we are not seeing, I rather not pray. I can't wait. I say I was still canceling somebody early this morning. Somebody called me from another place. Early this morning. Said, 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 you know the prayer that we, we prayed overnight. Me and then somebody and we did some prayer. I don't think that prayer has answered. I said, why? He said, because he said, because ah, we were hungry at each other. We just wasted our time. See, if the Bible says, one, if God were to count iniquity. <laughs> If we were to count every that, ah, you're angry. Let's <laughs> see, our time is God doesn't have time for most of us to do this. Everything he has time for. So, the Bible says, it says that, it says, the Bible says, leave your sacrifice. Can you imagine that? It did not even say that you have something against your friend. He said, your friend has something against you. And he said, leave your sacrifice beside the altar and go and apologize and be reconciled to me. Then come and offer the sacrifice. Do you know that that friend will not have any prayer for it? He's enjoying himself at his side. <laughs> but that is not what we teach in church. Yeah, no, until everything is uh, no, it's not that is not scripture. Those things are good, but they have no basis in scripture. They sound good. You know, I I had a lovely time when I went when, when I traveled because it's been a long time I've had that kind of um, um, that kind of intense meetings. You know, when when people just greet you around scriptures. You know, it was just people were you know, sharing all sorts of things. Ah, no, the, the things I, I, one thing that was just exciting is that how many people just quite like, okay, please, can we open that scripture because he said. And it was quite, it was, it was very, it was very lovely. I think we started around 6.30 in the morning. We headed around 1.30 a.m. or 2.30 a.m. And it was, I love that kind of thing because I love you to, you know, I said, see all this theology, you put your theology to test. All this, um, I, I close my eyes, seven heavens show me, no, 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 no. Come here, let us come and, come and talk about it. So that's why I said, you know, yes, they, they, they are good for us to have all these theories, but those, those ideologies need to be tested against scripture. So it was, it was I enjoyed myself. People were like, ah, you are so, I said, I said somebody might say, ah, you don't know, you know him from years ago, this is this is his area. Just you go, we can't talk scripture from morning to night. It's not a problem. 
He said, oh, God help us in Jesus' name. So the Bible says, leave your sacrifice besides and go and apologize and reconcile to God. Yes, we're still going to talk more around that area in a moment. But I just wanted to first of all take away this ideology that you know, um, if, even if you are you are you are not in good time today, if I go to my room and I pray, God say, "I know, excuse me." <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Except God will have mercy on every one of us. That's that, that, that is the bottom line. Except God will have mercy. But the fact that you think that you know, it doesn't work that way. So, what I'm trying to lay emphasis on or to keep drawing to us is when God comes to a gathering and he says, pray for the spirit of unity. Because he knows that it is a, it is a battle to get there. So we, uh, the Bible says on in uh, Matthew, Now, when Jesus was coming to an end, he said there would be certain things that you would see that would be on the increase. And he wasn't talking to unbelievers because you would see, as you go to Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, verse 9 to 13, the Bible says, then they, they will hand you over to endure tribulation and to put you to death. And you'll be hated by all nations because of me. Please note that so he's talking to Christians, people who believe in him. I now said at, the, at that time, many, that's many of those who are Christians, he said many will be offended. And repelled by their session. He said they will betray. So he said, they will be, he now went and said, he said they will betray one another. That means everybody will now start to look after his own corner. And, and they will hate one another. Please note, he wasn't talking to unbelievers. Because if you were talking to unbelievers, you, they will not hate you because of the name of Christ. When he said they will hate one another, he's not talking about unbelievers. He said, but what will happen is that offense will come. I'm just sharing with you the mind of Christ. He now said, after that, verse 11, verse 11, he now went on to say that false prophet will appear and mislead many. A, 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 a boy called me from America. He was confused. There was fighting in their church. They were very close friends. There was fighting in their church and there was break. The church broke into two. So everybody went and did started their own church. And the first or second service, both churches, spiritual message came and God said, I'm happy. <laughs> and the boy comes and Pastor, I don't understand you. <laughs> How can God say that he's happy? 
that at least somebody will be wrong. So if so, they knew that those boys were calling one another and said, ah, they said this vision in our church. You. They said, ah, they said this in our church. You. What led to that? Offense comes. Offense opens door for deception. And we say, ah, I had a dream. Oh, God. Ah, you are the one. I, I saw you clearly. That you are the one doing me. You just say, ah. What if you don't know at times? Offense has said that. I'm not saying that there might not be occasions where such things happen. That people do all sort of stuff. It is real. Also, if you are not careful, that is why you need to deal with the offense immediately on your side so that you don't fall into deception. And, you know, at times one of the greatest challenges I have seen in this is that when people graduate to verse 11, there's nothing to I know what God told them. I don't know until they deal with that issue of offense. Prophecy becoming prophecy of all prophecy, prophecy of all prophecy. It's not that, please know that when the Bible says false prophets, it's not talking about an individual, it's talking about a spirit of prophecy that will be released. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why when Proverbs was, um, Proverbs chapter 18, 18 verse, verse 19, he said, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And contentious are like bad bars and like bars. So it, it is difficult now. What's offense is it is not difficult to reach that person again. So, because that offense is there, even if you are trying to reach and say, don't slip into deception, that does not mean, and we'll get, that does not mean at times that what happened is, is false. But what you cannot do is to stay in offense. Because what will begin to happen is that you begin to build walls to the extent that you now become lonely in that place. Wait, let's please, can we, can we, can somebody help me read verse 1 of that? We don't have it there. Can somebody help me read verse 1, please? 18-1. Yes, sir. A man who isolates himself. A man who isolates himself. Seeks his own desire. Seeks his own desire. He rages against all wish judgments. In all, he rages against all wise judgments. All wise judgments. So, no matter what you are saying today, because they have built that wall, they don't see it again. So, even when wise, wise counsel or wise is coming in, they don't hear it again. Because Offense has built that wall. All right. And that's what Jesus said in the last days. Ah, many will be offended. 
Many will be offended. God grants our grace in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, at times it is important that you know, I used to say to somebody, I used to say, I said, and this is a conclusion that I have made already. I said, it is impossible that I can hold offense against anybody. I have come to that conclusion as a person. Why? Can you imagine if as God gives us grace and being the priest of the house, you hold offense. Every other prayer point you are praying for people, you just so as the road that God has called me, it is impossible. I cannot, I can not that please don't get let me put this way. I used to not that I cannot be offended, but I have refused because of the life of the souls that God has placed in my hand. It has become impossible for me to stay offended. Not that I'm, not, I'm human, not that I cannot be offended, but I have come to a conclusion that I cannot stay, stay offended. I don't have the yes, I said I don't have the luxury. You have luxury, that's why you're doing that. I don't have that luxury. I don't have that luxury. You know, somebody called me during the week. The person was fasting. And and I was I was I was walking from home. And the person called me around three o'clock and said, Pastor, I'm, I've been fasting. I want to break. Please can you pray with me? So I just prayed with the person. And I said, Ah, Bayo, hmm, if you were doing something dodgy and they call you, <laughs> you would have put your mouth up. <laughs> Say, oh, you are bad, right? <laughs> because I try to avoid. So I, I, and to me, it was a lesson for me. I told myself it was all during the week on Wednesday. I said, ah, but you, you cannot afford because anybody can call you at any time. See. Maybe also as God has given me grace, you know, being blessed by someone above me, that is, somebody did something to me available that offended me. I prayed for somebody. And I was later accused of something. So I had. It was somebody that was more senior to me that called me and said, I had this and this and this. And I was about to step into that church to minister to that person again. Even is my weakness, I was in tears. <coughs> and as luckily that person that called me, that other person called me, as I was looking, oh, what can you can Ha, you don't understand this work. You want to walk into that place, you are going to jeopardize the number of people that came to come and meet God. He said, wipe your tears immediately now and stop all this kind of rubbish. In this job, we don't do this kind of things. He said, but it's just difficult for me. He said, he said, he said then what happens to people that have come from their house? 
<clears throat> so they are going to be kept on the key because you are still offended. And as the Lord will have it, that person came in that, in, in that gathering and was part of it that I had to lay hands on and pray. And since then, you don't have the luxury to be offended. You know, at times, that's why maybe that's why for me, that's why I said certain things I have, I have it is not, it is not, I don't have a choice. I am offended, but I don't have a choice to be offended. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Why am I saying this? Because it will get to a time. Let's go to um, next slide, please. The Bible says this is one of the ways you help deal with it. It said, This being so, I am always striving to have a conscience without offense towards God and men. On that transition, we say, I am always exercising my conscience. How do you do exercise? You are constantly lifting it. It will be painful. But you discover that the more you, the more you lift it, you do gym. Can you imagine if you take off for a long time? And you want to come back to the gym. But later, the more you carry, carry it, the easier it becomes. No, the easier. So you exercise. Right. That was one day. I will give practical examples. I was one day, I was invited to a church again. I was in that place and I was on the altar. And there's a particular pastor that has just taken a special. Um, a special love for me. And as that pastor came, that pastor stood next to me on the altar and sat down. Ah! My mind was, <laughs> my mind was, if you go, if you, if you, if you, if you hear, if you were so close to me, you would, or if you put your mouth, your ears close to my mouth, you would hear me physically say. That's why I went back to that. I pointed at that scripture. Jesus said, "You will say to the mountain." I was saying, I was saying, and before one, I was saying, "I said, shut up, devil! You will not take control of my of my heart." I was literally saying it because there was no way I could stand on the on the altar and carry offense. And yet, go and go. It doesn't work. And I was saying, in, I, I, I wasn't not even praying, because Jesus did not say pray at that point. He said, say to the mountain. And I was saying, you walk on you, you this heart, keep quiet. But exercising, I kept on exercising myself. Until my conscience let go. That's why the Bible says that you would always strive and keep exercising your conscience without offense towards God. Without offense towards God. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, please, I am not talking about. I have a friend that is 
always, um, let, I don't have a friend like that, but let me just assume, just for us to, you know, I have a group of pastors that I am always having a chat with, for example, I'm just as an example. And there's certain things that they do that's against scripture. And I now say that because of I want to make peace, I will now start to see that this is the only way you can show us that you are afraid. The Bible has something to talk about in Hebrews chapter 12. The Bible says, make every effort, every effort to live at peace with every man. He now had a condition. He said, and to be holy, without holiness, no one shall see God. Basically, if peace will compromise your relationship with Christ, that is not peace. So I know, ah, you know, you know, you know, they just told me that, you know, those pastors were like, you know, well, uh, uh, you just need to, you know, you two cannot be, okay, well, are we now going to be all be here and, you're, and we are just going to take um, girls and you will not say, you will not take anything and then, then you, are, you, you, are, you are against us. So, so that I don't want to, I don't want to offend them. The Bible says, no, <laughs> when it's encroaching on your holiness, drop it. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. There is also one accommodation that the scripture does not give. And it is a safe corner that we may assume and think mm, it's okay. Have you had somebody say you know I'm not offended at you but we are good. Let's look at the scripture, please. Because these, these are things that will not make me, as an individual, run to God for help. So the Bible says, second Samuel, please. Second Samuel. Yeah, Bible said, Absalom never said a word to Haman, either good or bad. What does that sound? Neutral. But the Bible now concluded, no, he is still working in hatred. So the safe space I think you have. Everything. The Bible says no. On that category of God, that's still okay. Now. I don't know if you have ever, don't raise up your hand, but if you have ever been offended that you are worthy to pray because you know what God will say. You are, you are literally blocking your ears, you are trying to avoid certain books. You don't want to read, you don't want to listen to any sermons with the case, anything sneaks out anywhere. So you want to stay in that environment where you say that you know, okay, I think so. Yeah. No, I, I used to tell this thing that you are saying, have you prayed about it? 
I don't know. Is everything I have to pray about? You know, the problem is that you know why you are not praying about it. Because you know what God will say. You know what God will say. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So, you know, the what Jesus has asked us to do is to is to is to is to live our life, submit ourselves to one another as Christ has done to us. That's what Jesus was saying. Love your brother. Know that as they love you, as I as love you. And when you now get to that conclusion, you know that the only way to operate in that level as Christ, you need to go on your knees and ask him for help. Why? Because we are all human. Does that make sense? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Just kind of, you know, um, See, does that mean that, and I'll give us a test about it, just prayer question of time, I'll give us a test about it just immediately afterwards. Does that mean that God is saying that, you know, I will not deal with any issue, anybody that offends you, don't worry. What he's saying is that it is not your responsibility to do so. So the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 17 to 20, it says that um, it says that do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Oh yeah, yeah, in Romans. He said, if it is possible. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. That's why I was trying to keep the balance there. As far as it depends on you. He now said, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. At times you are saying, oh God, you are not taking care of this issue. The point is that there is no room. Because that room, you are occupying it. And the Bible says, give room for it is written, vengeance is mine. But your own, he said, on the, on the contrary, that is your own responsibility. On the other side of the coin, he says, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. That is your own responsibility. And I'm just going to just close it as we come to this. See, okay, and the test of it is that when God is dealing with that person, how do you feel? That is when you will know they are forgiving forgiving that person or not. When Saul was uh, killed um, killed by David wept that shows the place of the, the when the judgment of God came, David felt bad for that situation. That is the test that you know if you have actually forgiven or not. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. The last scripture I'm just going to go to as we come to the place of prayer together. 
when Jesus was about to do the achieve his mission on earth, which was on the cross, there was a stumbling block before him that would determine if his sacrifice before God will be acceptable or not. That is why the first statement Jesus gave on the cross is, Father, forgive them. <laughs> because the scripture means that if all forgiveness is held, that sacrifice means nothing. So Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what to do. So he also concluded, see, is it that the Bible now says, for they don't know what they do, and they divided up his... So if, while Jesus was saying they don't know what they're doing, they were still <laughs> doing it at that point. So was Jesus like? What Jesus was saying is that if they know the consequences of what they are doing, they will not be doing it. And I think at times, people may know, may be aware of what they are doing, but if you come to a conclusion like Jesus did, if only they know the consequences of this, they will not be doing it. And Jesus, because Jesus cannot be the savior and the accuser at the same time. So when he stood on the cross, the first thing he had to do is to take away that stumbling block. Because the devil knew that, okay, you have journeyed, guess the man, you have journeyed all through the journey. Now, this is the last one that everyone may stumble on. Let us see how you handle it. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know what to do. And is that offense standing between you and the promise of God in your life? You have labored, you have fasted, you have done all sorts of you have had, maybe you believe in God like Jesus did, but at the cross of the final destination, offense is laid before you. And Jesus had to make a choice. If that to be offended, he will be right. Because while he was still crying, they were doing it. But he said, I'd rather take away this stumbling block so that I can finish my purpose with God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And that's why we come to this place of prayer. Like the disciples. Increase our faith. Amen. Let's rise up, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.